we welcome you to a special podcast which is uh, specifically for the Garnerfield Road Baptist Church. This is Wednesday evening, and we're not having church. And so, but we wanted people to know that none of you are forgotten and that all of you are loved. And because of the executive order of the governor of the state of Texas, we will not be meeting tonight. Our preacher, Pastor James, spoke to Judge Mitchell today, and he told us that we could meet on Sunday uh, at 11 a.m., of course, uh, in groups of 10, uh, no more than that. But our preacher wants everyone to know, he wants to encourage us all that we need to continue, that we need to be diligent at this time. Uh, nobody needs to be falling into backslidden state or getting away. Actually, if you look at it, you get more time to read your Bible, uh, less time to watch TV. And you can find yourself, if you don't already have one, a personal relationship with the Bible, and you can really lead your family at this time when they need a leader uh, in spiritual matters. So we ask that you would band together in the Spirit, and we help one another still. Just because we're not meeting together does not mean we're not together. And please remain mystery-minded, ministry-minded, excuse me. And so, Lord willing, we will be live-streaming our messages and uh, the studies very, very soon. But we just want to have this time together and most of the church be listening. We're going to have a song now because God is still on His throne. The Lord is on His throne. We're singing In Control. Mm Crossing over Galilee, a storm it was raging. The disciples they feared for their lives, but Christ the Lord, He was on board, and He spoke to the wind. It knew His voice, and everything was in control. In control, though the storm around you be raging, He's in control in your life. No matter what you're facing, even in your darkest night, when there seems to be no light, He's always with you, He'll never fail you. He's in control. Now there are times in this life when there seems to be no answer to the problems and troubles we go through. But Christ the Lord, He's still on board. For He lives inside you. He has the answer and everything is in control. In control though the storm around you be raging. 
throne in your life. No matter what you're facing, even in your darkest nights, when there seems to be no light, He's always with you. He'll never fail you. He's in control. He's always with you. He'll never fail you. He's in control. Okay, at this time, I'm going to read from the Bible. We're going to be reading 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 38. So I'll read and then we will have another song. Uh, the pianist will play. And then we'll speak out of this passage, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 38. And Elisha came again to Gilgal, and there was a dearth in the land. And the sons of the prophet were sitting before him, and he said unto his servant, Set on the great pot, and seethe pottage for the sons of the prophets. And one went out into the field to gather herbs, and found a wild vine, and gathered thereof wild gourds, his lap full, and came and shred them into the pot of pottage, for they knew them not. So they poured out for the men to eat, and it came to pass, as they were eating of the pottage, that they cried out and said, O thou man of God, there is death in the pot. And they could not eat thereof. But he said, Bring a meal, and cast it into the pot, and he said, pour out for the people that they may eat. And there was no harm in the pot. Father, we pray that you'd bless the reading of thy word. And then the speaking to follow. And that you'd edify all that are listening today. In Jesus' name, amen. Death in the pot. So this is 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 38. Let me ask you, have you ever had a meal where you just tasted something very strange, very wrong, something's in there? I remember when I was first married, uh, Rebecca, my wife, really good at cooking, 
And I'd come home from work. She'd always have something really good to eat. But one day I came home and I saw something on the plate. And I asked her what this is. She said, cream of fish. And I said, you mean fish soup? She said, well, whatever you want to call it, it's cream of fish on toast. And so I attempted to eat it. And I said, I'm sorry, there's death in the pot. I can't eat this. And I, we never had it again up until this day, I think. But we've had many other great meals where there wasn't death in the pot. So some death in the pot to me would be like mushrooms or some strong black olives. Just something is not working for me. I remember we had a church-wide meal where we cooked chili one time and somebody put too much spice into the, into the chili and it was hotter than fire. And people said, boy, there's something wrong. Have you ever had used a glass to drink out of and you see that there's something wrong? Somebody left soap in the glass and you can just taste it? I remember when I worked at Roloff Homes, they would have every Friday night, they called it compost. What they'd do is they'd take all the food from out the week and dump it into one big pot and cook it all together, and you'd never know what you're even eating. And they called it compost. And uh, needless to say, that was not one of the more favorite meals of the day. So, you know, bad taste. Well, I have a bad taste in my mouth these days. Something just doesn't taste right. And there just doesn't seem to be any right way to do things anymore. In, in Christianity and with the world, it seems like there's nothing or there's no such thing as wrong. Anything goes. So let me ask you some questions. Does God mean what He says and says what He means? Or does He leave some leeway in there for human interpretation or human error even? Let me ask you this question. Is God serious about His Word and He holds men accountable to that Word? Well, of course he is. Are the laws of doctrine in the Bible as binding as, say, the law of gravity? I would say so. The Bible says, let all things be done decently and in order and speak the things which become sound doctrine. Is the truth of God any less technical uh, or stringent and must be about by uh, as an engine of a car and how your the motor of your car works, I say it's it's more important to do things right. Does God govern human affairs any less soberly than the NFL governs a, a football game, a silly, meaningless football game? Well, the answer is no. The warnings of the Word of God, the promises in it, the judgments in it, the truth, they're all set. God cannot lie. He says, yea is yea and nay is nay. I'm going to ask some more questions. Is it possible to believe in Jesus plus trust your own water baptism to go to heaven? Is it possible? I don't think so. I've talked to many people. They say they're saved, but when you ask them, they always go back to leaning on the day they were baptized. That's a work of the flesh. Here's another question. Is it possible... To believe in Jesus, but not 100% trust His grace in Him alone and still get to heaven. Is it possible to believe in Jesus, but not believe in His deity, 
that he is God in the flesh that came down from heaven to die for the sins of man and not really fully believe that and still get to heaven? Is it possible to believe in Jesus, yet follow church works and sacraments as a part of your life and still get to heaven if you're depending upon those? Are these people that follow these ways considered good people and worthy of our friendship? I'm here to say there's death in the pot. Listen to these verses. 2 John verse 9 and 10. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. Bible says for us to believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. 1 John 4, 6, We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth us not. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Listen to this. Galatians 1, verse 7 and 9, But there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. As I said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Because if you're saved by grace, which Paul said and preached, it's all grace and no works at all. So if it's out of works, Paul would say in Romans 11 that there is no grace involved at all. You can't have a mix because you are saved by grace through faith and not of yourselves. And Galatians 6.15 teaches us that religious works of any type or traditions of any type, circumcision, baptism, matters not. It avails us not at all. The only thing that truly avails is a new creature in Christ. So what am I saying today? There's, there's death in the pot. That's what I'm saying. And people need to detect these things. Now, in the story that we read, the sons of the prophets are following the great prophet Elijah, Elisha. And they are there studying, learning, and praying. And Elisha says, set on the great pot. So you can imagine there's a big group of men ready to eat. They put on the uh, usual giant pot to cook up some soup or some chili or something. They're, going, they're hungry, so they're going to cook up. And everybody starts spreading out looking for food to put into that pot. Now, if you study the Bible, it says there was a dearth in the land at that time. So there wasn't a whole lot... Uh, growing at the time and so just like now uh, there's a dearth even then of people having the true word of God that's why these these sons of the prophets were flocked to Elisha they knew he had the truth so they all scatter for ingredients and this one fellow it says he finds this vine he doesn't know exactly he's never seen it really before uh, it's something new he said it looked pretty good there's gourds all over it they look pretty good he uh, takes them off the vine and goes back to the campsite and he starts shredding them with a knife and putting them in the pot. He's going to stew up, stew up some pottage. Well, the Elisha, the prophet says, set it on, let people eat. So everybody dishes up and when they all take their first bite, everybody knows something is really, really wrong. And one guy says, this is poison. There's death in there. And he says, oh, thou man of God, there's death in the pot. This will kill us all. We can't eat this. 
They go to the man of God, which was very smart, Elisha. Elisha says, we can take care of that with one simple act. We take some meal, which is ground uh, flour, of course, from the wheat, and put it into the stew, and it will make it edible. And so, according to the Bible, meal, or the meat offering, pictures Christ in His perfection. There's an evenness there. There's a balance. In other words, the the mix is perfect. It's like when you're making cornbread. You want to mix it up until it's completely mixed so you can get a consistent uh, cake of cornbread when you cook it. It has evenness. It has balance. Why? It's the truth of Christ. No leaven in it. No strange ingredients in there. Nobody trying out something new. They put Christ in there. That's what it's basically signifying. And the cleansing and the renewal took place and everyone got to eat. So allow me to say some things. Everywhere you go these days, you can see, you can smell, you can taste death in the pot. People are putting new and alien things in our spiritual foods. And can't you see it? Kind of reminds me, kind of silly, but there's two... uh, cannibals they're eating supper they're eating a clown and one man says to the other he says doesn't this taste funny to you yes it does it's like i said it's like me uh, i can always detect mushrooms in the meal or something else like that we need to learn to detect the poison doctrinally speaking if someone tries to put baptism as a way of salvation, or even an aid to salvation, there's death in the pot. Trying to be a Christian without being born again is surely death in the pot. Trying to mix Catholicism with biblical Christianity, you are throwing wild gourds and death into the pot. And make no mistake, a heretic is a dishonest person. I remember when I was very young, I hadn't been saved very long. I got invited to this thriving, booming church for young people. It was a charismatic church. I didn't know. But I went in, and I immediately tasted something wrong when the service started. And I knew. I couldn't really explain it. I didn't know doctrine at the time, but I knew there's death in this pot. I got to get out of here. I never went back. If you take the old black book of the Bible, the King James, and change it to suit modern man, there's death in the pot. It doesn't matter who's speaking it or who some famous preacher worldwide. doesn't matter. It's death in the pot. If you alter the traditions passed down by our Bible-believing fathers that gave us the truth and handed it down, and now you're going to try to come up with new methods for the modern world, that's death. That is death in the pot. If you don't get sick, when you hear someone reading or quoting a new version or one of these uh, updated versions of the Bible, something's wrong there. Your, your taste buds have gone awry. These young, new, denom- no, I call them non-denominationals, these preachers, what they decided to do, they got it in their head, hey, I think I'll start me a church. So they go out and they freelance and they go out and start a new church based on their own ideas and methods, and it's surely death. And what do they do? One of the first things they do is they change the traditions of the old ways and the truths, and they don't even call it a church anymore. They call it a fellowship. They call it a center, uh, a chapel. 
or even a house or an assembly. And these are all words that might work, but not for the church. It is the local church. The Bible says in Acts 20, 28, he bought the church with his own blood. Jesus purchased us. These silly names, they don't even know what they're saying. Revolution church. Revolution is a rebellion. We're not rebelling against anything. We're following Christ. There's a famous big church in San Antonio called the Wayside Chapel. Yeah, they fell by the wayside, apparently, because they didn't even know how to title their own church. Those that fall by the wayside, the Bible says that the birds of the air ate the seed and no fruit could be done. There's another one called the Rock Church. Or that famous big one, the Potter's House. They want to come up with a catchy name. I remember we were driving down the highway one day and Rebecca and I saw this one that's called 30-Minute Worship. I thought, boy, I want to join that one. Think about how much I could do if I go in there, get in there and out in 30 minutes. It's true. In this town of Uvalde, the Methodist church got very famous a while back because they were having like 18-minute services and the sermon only lasted seven minutes. People love that because they could go in there and still have church and call it church, but yet live their own ways. So I think people these days, they think they have the right to go out and change Christianity, basically, with music. They write new songs. Most of the new generation doesn't even know the whole old hymns of the faith. They've got new clothing, new worldviews, and I say today there's death in the pot. So people look at us and they say, what's wrong with you? Well, I'll tell you what's wrong with us. Jeremiah 6, 16, God said, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein and ye shall find rest for your souls. But like everyone today says, we will not walk therein. So here we have it. And here we have the truth that regress is progress. We don't go, go back to the old ways is true progress, not following the progressive state of the world today. What we need to do is throw in the truth of Christ so things can be edible again, so it's palatable. And actually, if you'll put Christ in there and the truth, it'll be some of the best food taste that you've ever had. So let me say a few more things. This new music contemporary songs in a church service. They're death in the pot. Just look what it produces, the worldly methods. It produces people that are dying of spiritual malnutrition. They're getting poisoned every day spiritually and not realizing they're filling up on junk food and poison. The preacher shouldn't be changing his ways to be a casual man that's more accepted, and that'll bring death. Nobody ever became a great Christian because the preacher was liked by the world. Show me one place in the Bible where that took place. Our society is dying because they're eating noxious soup. There's something wrong there, and it's called fish soup. No, I'm kidding. But we don't need a multimedia type of setup in the church. What we need is an altar call and a prayer meeting. People think, oh, We need that. People need to see something visual because the world's becoming very visual. But the church needs to be spiritually visual. When all the churches decided to observe Lent and even encourage their 
members to go. They're all drinking the poison. We don't believe in ecumenical meetings. Uh, now, really, more than ever before, we need to be separated. We need to be separated. And the people of our church need to appreciate what they get when they come to the pulpit, hear the pulpit. Because separation is what they will get. You know, when a nitwit thinks they're going to take the place of God's people, the Jews, and be one of the 144,000, that is not only crazy, that is death in the pot. If you think confirmation is going to get you into the kingdom, what you really need is the truth. We don't get to pick our own way like a new gourd that's fresh and pretty looking and pick which style of Christianity works best for us. But let me say, take comfort, Christian. There's nothing wrong with being narrow-minded. You know, when somebody calls you that, you should say, well, thank you. That's a good compliment. I really appreciate that. They say, well, you're not very tolerant. Well, thank you very much because there's death in the pot. Now, biblical Christians, we don't have a choice here. We have to contend for the faith, and we will continue for the faith, which was once delivered to the saints, because the gospel is committed to our trust. And don't get mad at us for holding on to the truth and, and uh, staying true to our calling. Don't get offended because we preach the standards. We need to. We're trying to keep the poison out of people's lives. Today, the word Christian absolutely means nothing. It's just another thing to throw on people. What I love, it's like that old roll-off compost. You really don't know what it is. What are you eating today? Is it spaghetti or is it what? Tacos. You can't tell. You can't tell. The birds of the air have come to the tree, and we're to weed them out. So learn to be a discerner. And appreciate that your preacher is a watchman and take the poison and get it out of there. Get the truth of the gospel and the truth of the Bible in the pot because people are being deceived all over the world. Now, I'm almost done, but think about this. John 7, 17, Jesus said, If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. When you do the will of God, you're going to know. You're going to taste it. You're going to know that doctrine is the truth. It's just going to be very palatable, tasty to you. It, what do they say? Some people eat something that that one didn't agree with me. The truth will agree to people who will do the will of God and know of His doctrine. And so we thank God for our church. Let's not forget one another. Let's not forget everything that we've fought and died for and lived for, and, and served in. And let me say, there's three S's of a church. The three S's that signify you're still, got, you're still in a church without death in the pot. Number one, sound doctrine. The Bible is sound. The truth and the teaching coming from the Word of God is not only sound, but it's specific, and it's clear, and it's right. Number two, soul winning. We will always try to win the loss to Christ. And then number three, this one's really gotten left out these days, separation. We will live separated lives from the world because God told us to in 2 Corinthians chapter 6.
You realize God would only let Israel sacrifice at one place out of the whole nation so his people wouldn't be out doing it anywhere and choosing their own way and doing whatever they wanted. He brought them together to Jerusalem to keep the poison out of the pot. So these things are worth fighting and dying for. So a few last things and I'll be done. It's just as sinful as it always was, just as poisonous as it always was for the Sodomites to be in the land, and especially to allow them in the church. It's just as poisonous as it ever was to allow women to be preachers and church leaders, to let the youth and the children make the decisions for us, to change the church so we can have more membership and competition because this breeds death in the pot. These are gourds brought in. Second John, uh, third John, chapter four. He says, "I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth." Think about that. In truth, we are walking in purity. There's no gray. There's no error. There's no defilement. It's the truth. Learn how to taste and discern good from bad, salt water from fresh, poison from when there's no harm. Don't you want to feed and go to a place which we're going to, Lord willing, we will continue to put out good, healthy, wholesome pottage for the people of God to live off of. The real thing, all natural, not that Wendy's fake chili stuff with just the leftovers where they throw things in there. We do this so we can grow in grace, so we can fully prosper. So I ask you as I close, well, you realize, now that we've taken just a little bit of time away from one another, we appreciate what it's, how great it is to come together in the unity of the church and how much we really love one another and the fact that we are unified in the faith and in the truth. So enlist in the fight. Learn to be a good taste tester and realize something's just not right there and then don't make apology for it get the death away get the death away and get to the truth now i'll say one more time lord willing we're going to be live streaming all of our messages where you'll see and hear and from the auditorium of the church and we'll be doing this very very soon we're working on it even as i say this but let's all be faithful and love to say We'll see all of you on Sunday morning, Lord willing, at 11 o'clock. No Sunday school. We're just going to meet at 11 o'clock, and we're going to have church. But we will continue, our preacher will continue to churn out the truth for God's people. We thank you for being with us on this special podcast. Lord bless all of you.